Hello, everyone. My name is Katie Wiggins. And I'm Ian. (laughs) And you're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. So today is a little bit different. It's a lot of bit different. It's missing a whole Morgan. And in her place is a very tall, mysterious man. We'll get into that later. So Morgan is on maternity leave because she's going to be popping out her precious little demon very soon. And, but I have just got, when it gets cold and gray outside, I just feel like the spooky energy ramps up and I just have to tell some ghost stories, at least a couple before the holidays, just to to give you something to escape to and listen to while you sneak a cigarette or a joint at your Thanksgiving gathering. So to join in her place is someone that I can intimately know the schedule of. And that is my partner, Ian. Yeah, my schedule is uh, imminently knowable, really. <laughs> and I'm going to tell him a ghost story today. Ah! <laughs> I'm super excited. Oh, you, he listens to every single episode. Uh, he's my test audience. Um, so I've really nailed down the demographic of, <laughs> of him's and his response to the show. But um, I think it's a good perspective to have. So... I watched the television show called Haunted Homes. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. It's a a paranormal TV show. It's an English paranormal TV show from the early 2000s. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll just get into it. So This isn't the one that it, the hauntings ended up being like infrastructure problems, like a sinkhole or no. a lack of speed bump. It's not that show, right? No, that show was wild. That <laughs> show was absolutely crazy. But no, it's not that. Although that one was honestly much more disturbing than what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> okay. Um. So a family in Colville, England... Talk about Dickensian. It's <laughs> gonna, yep. literally called Colville. <laughs> England is experiencing a lot of paranormal activity. So, Colville is an industrial town in the district of northwest Leicestershire, comma, in Leicestershire. So, they will be helped by the Haunted Homes team. Andy Matthews, paranormal investigator, Chris French, professor of psychology and skeptic, (laughs) and Mia Dolan, psychic. So there's this guy who's like the little host of this show, and he literally does not interact with any people on the show. He's just in his own separate set with like a bunch of candles, and he has spiked hair and wears like a leather trench coat, and he just comes on to say the intro and the outro. Oh my god, he's like the Robert Stack of Haunted England. And he really is! And he says... Wait, I wonder if I could do that. A family in Colville, England is experiencing a lot of paranormal activity. Colville is an industrial town in the district of Northwest Leicestershire. Leicestershire. So then he says, 24% of Britons say that if a ghost was haunting their home, they'd hire an exorcist. Just what do we do with that percentage? I don't know. That's honestly something I didn't know they even had in England still. I thought they, like, in the 15th century, ran them all out. <laughs> and, like, now there's just Anglicans. <laughs> they've, they've started breeding again. So 
18-year-old Keely and 19-year-old Vicky live with their mother and younger sister Alice and are adamant that their home is haunted. So these two older sisters, Keely and Vicky, okay, uh, share a room and Vicky says that if Keely is out for the night, then she'll sleep in their other younger sister's room because it's so uncomfortable alone. And then Keely says... If there's people in here, it's fine. But if you're alone in here, it's a bit like, I don't actually want to stay in here. <laughs> they just need a nightlight. So Vicky says, <laughs> Vicky goes, the reason this needs to be sorted is that in a few weeks, I'm going to university and <sighs> she needs to be able to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think she's, she's onto something there. It's so sweet. So most of the activity seems to be in the girls' room. Their mother confirms that it has an odd feeling to it. Okay. Vicky says that when she's in bed at night, sometimes it feels like someone's lying next to her. Mm. And like the quilt feels heavy and it feels cooler than it should. So Keely was once asleep and she woke up and looked up at the wardrobe And she sees a little girl and she says, and she just stood there waving with a big grin on her face. And she was dressed in like old style, like Victorian clothes. And their mother has also been disturbed in the middle of the night by spookiness. One night, Keely was out. And it's always Keely who's out. It's never Vicky who's out, even though Keely is the older. Wait, no. Vicky is the older one, but slightly younger Keely is always out on the town. And uh, Vicky was in their room and her mother burst in because she had woken startled by the sound of loud running water. Okay. Some, somehow, so they go into the bathroom and somehow the plug had made its way into the drain of the tub and the two faucets were gushing water full blast into the tub. Okay. <laughs> And, like, nobody had been near the bathroom and nobody had done this. They were just having a quiet evening and then somehow a plug got put into the the tub and it started gushing water. Jeez. Another thing that happens often is that when they're in the sitting room downstairs, they're, they'll often hear a ball being bounced on the top floor. And okay. also the sound of a jump rope, like, slapping the floor and then, like, the sort of footsteps that accompany skipping rope. Like, sure. Slap, stomp, slap, stomp, slap, stomp. And it starts off quiet and subtle, like like it's a house noise, and then it gets louder, and it's like really distinctive. So it's like, it starts out like, oh, maybe that's neighbors, maybe that's the heater, maybe that's something. But then Mm -hmm. it gets loud enough to the point that it's like, okay, someone is clearly jumping rope on our landing. (laughs) Right. It just, like, ramps up from, like, oh, it's just the house settling to, oh, it's ignore the upstairs. It skips rope sometimes. <laughs> exactly. These old pipes. <laughs> These old pipes. <laughs> they love a bit of fun. <laughs> so, on top of this, and this is actually the, probably the craziest part. Okay. Electrical problems plague them. They say they keep saying explode, and I don't know if they mean like <laughs> literally explode or just like spark and then stop working. Okay. But they keep using the word exclusively explode. So they say appliances explode regularly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Keely oh says Keely says that their hair straightener sparked. She goes, our hair straightener sparked up once, which was quite scary. And they've gone through three straighteners now. Oh my. Steamers, irons, electric kettles, everything blows up. Their, <laughs> their mom is at her wit's end. She says, it's ridiculous. Everything I buy blows up. <laughs> I, I don't know what it reminds me of. Maybe you know what it is, but it's like... Maybe in a movie or a show when you're like, when you hear someone say like, oh, that's Earl. He got his leg bitten off by a cat. And you're like, okay. And then you meet someone else and you're like, "Uh, the little girl told me Earl was missing a leg from a cat. And then the adult is like, yeah, he got bit off by a cat. (laughs) And then like, like you hear, you hear like the younger girls are like, yeah, they blew up. They exploded. And then you're Mm. like, okay. And then it cuts to the mom and she's like, everything I buy blows up. (laughs) (laughs) I think they might just need to like, you know, rewind. Like there's just too much voltage coming out of their like sockets. And uh, it's like the phones where the battery would swell up and melt uh, a few years ago. Oh, I don't know. No, it it does sound like a... I never got off the old rotary for me, so... (laughs) But um, but I have heard of these more modern appliances giving trouble. So they basically want evidence that they're not going insane. So th- these are their goals. Okay. Not not to feel crazy. Sure. And also for Keely to be able to sleep in her room alone, so that Vicky can go off to university with a clear conscience. Just admirable goals so far. <laughs> they really are very sweet. So now we go to Mia Dolan, psychic medium, and she does her little like, what I do, anybody could do. Everybody is psychic. Everybody's a different level of psychic. (laughs) <laughs> she's she she's like I've worked with place I've worked with missing person cases and I've also worked placing key roles in corporate and corporations and this one time my mom even asked me if I had a number for a good psychic because they were having such trouble filling a key role in a in a corporation so this this is a <laughs> Yeah, you got to have really hired some dumbasses to be like, do you know like a psychic or someone? Because clearly the the interviews are telling us nothing. <laughs> ZipRecruiter is not giving us what we need. If I could get Mia Dolan in here. Literally. Uh, get a qualified candidate. I love Mia Dolan. She's got an accent that's so breathy, but also so comforting. It's almost like it's almost like Diana. It's almost like Princess Diana. Like it's it's all in the mouth, and it's so breathy, and it's so quiet, and I just love it. I I, I wish I could talk like this, but I truly can't. <laughs> so she does something called psychometry, which is psychometry. getting <laughs> which is getting psychic information from objects. So. So the family gives her like a few objects to sort of play with before she meets them to sort of get a sense of what's going on. Okay. So she starts with a stuffed bear. At this point, Mia knows nothing about the investigation or anything. So she goes, she feels the bear and she goes, it feels as if the bear is scary. I know that I know that sounds crazy. It's a stuffed bear. But I get I get an ominous, ominous feeling from this. So then she moves on to like a small votive candle and she says, I see water dripping out of a tap. 
And then she moves on to a rubber duck. And then she says, the first, the first thing I get is, is burning. And then she sees a duck on a bed. And I see a window with blue curtains. And looking through the window. But it's in a bedroom. This does not belong in a bathroom. And she's very surprised that this duck gave her the most information of anything. Hmm. Okay. So let's see if she got anything right. So Mia visits their home before, like, totally alone. So she gets, does, like, a solo walkthrough, and she has the opportunity to look around by herself. Okay. So she walks into their house. The front door opens into a small downstairs living room, and it's very bright. The walls are warm beige, and the furniture is all cream white with a bright crimson, very, like, modern accents. Um, Mia senses that there's been smells cold spots, electrical phenomena, and especially sounds of the stairs and at the top of the landing. Hmm. That actually feels like a gimme for an English house. There's <laughs> smells, it's drafty, there's ghost children. Everybody, Everything explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes upstairs. <laughs> she goes upstairs, and as she's walking, she sees a dark, low shadow on the steps walk with her. And she says, it's like the size of a large dog. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Okay. So she makes her way into the girls' room. And she says, she's starting to feel panic and anxiety there. And it happens right as I walk over the threshold. My pulse has gone up here. I'm having a hard time thinking in here. I'm going to get out of here. So she gets out. She does not like it in the girls' room at all. Finally, she goes to Teresa's room, who's the mom. Okay. And there is a cat on the bed, just like curled up. It's so cute. And the room has dolls in it. And looks like it could be like a young person's room. So like this may not be like a gimme for Mia to walk in and be like, oh, this is mom's room. Okay. Because when Mia's in there, she says, I hear someone saying, mom, mom, mom. And the person who sleeps here leaping up and running out to the room to help. Mm. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty cool thing for her to pick up on, especially because yeah. the the room did not scream like this is an adult's room. Yeah, there, it wasn't just like lined with John Grisham novels and <laughs> and like, I don't know, three ring binders. I don't know what adults have in their rooms. <laughs> That's it. That's what women love. <laughs> Organizational tools and John Grisham. <laughs> um, she says, this place has got a serious problem. I need some air quickly i think so she goes enter andy matthews paranormal investigator (laughs) (laughs) using this announcer voice makes me feel like such a douchebag i can't can't even believe the like physical response it has on me (laughs) so so he's just like a nice handsome guy um he's got like little glasses and you know probably some gelled hair but more subtle he just looks like a nice guy and he says a haunting can happen anywhere they can happen in mr and mrs blog's fish and chip shop or lord and lady muck's manor house it doesn't really matter if energy survives human bodily death it can go anywhere i'm looking for explanations i mean he really nailed it there with Boggs Fish Shop and Muck House. 
Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Bloggs Fish and Chip Shop or Lord and Lady Muck's Manor House. (laughs) Those are the those are the two ends of English places. Lord and Lady Muck and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Blog. (laughs) So now enter Chris French. I feel like my body is, like, starting to reject this announcer voice because it's, like, not allowing me to continue using it without making me laugh. It's like I've developed an allergy to it. (laughs) Chris French. Aw, skeptic. So he's basically there to rule out any mundane experiences. And this guy absolutely looks like a professor of psychology. He has kind of like a blocky head, sort of a 90s, early 90s men's haircut and some very... (laughs) He just has like an out of date kind of vibe, which I associate with academia. No offense. But he doesn't have any kind of like Austrian or German accent, because that's usually where I identify my (laughs) psychology professors and and professionals. Yeah, he has like a a sleek middle part and thick round glasses and a strange mustache. And he's like, well, of course, and when you are considering the paranormal effects on the mind, there's endless ways that the brain can (laughs) interpret such things. Yeah, no, he's not that stereotypical. Lame. So these two men are given a tour of the home by the two teen sisters, Kaylee and Vicky, where they tell these men about their experiences. So th- that happens. The girls take them through and basically repeat the things they've, they've told us at this point. And now it's time for Mia to meet the family. So she tells them about the things she encountered throughout the house. And Mia says that she thinks the duck is from a bedroom, not a bathroom, which they confirm. They, like, giggle and laugh and and nod. And she says that she saw them with blue curtains and a window. And then they, like, look confused for a second. But then they all gasp because until a few days ago, that room that it's usually in had had blue curtains. But they they changed them right before they started filming. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is crazy. You had to get the dress curtains out. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's such a great thing to, because if I was the psychic, and this happens sometimes with tarot readings, where I'll read something that I'm like, I'm not seeing a lot of evidence for this in context, and I kind of don't want to say it, because what if I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if she's like walking in this house, and she's like, oh, I saw blue curtains, but these are definitely not blue. I'm not going to mention it. But instead, she just trusted herself and said it. And they were like, oh, my God, they used to be blue. And often in tarot readings, when I'm like, I don't know if this means means anything to you but they're always like oh my god it does and uh-huh. it's like it's just cool it's like trust yourself you can be wrong <laughs> apparently not <laughs> because it means you are right so everyone is psychic it's a matter of degrees so the team re <laughs> now this is something that's going to come up a lot is the winnebago so <laughs> so okay. the team the team has a winnebago <laughs> Like all good teams do. Exactly. That is out in front of the house, which they just like drive around like the mystery machine. (laughs) So the Winnebago is like their their headquarters for paranormal discussion and and shit. Mobile command center. And it's a lot like the video game Phasmophobia, actually, Hmm. because they treat the house like it's sort of like a spooky active place that no one like really hunkers down in. Mm -hmm. It's a place that's sort of like gone into periodically and then everybody comes back to the Winnebago. (laughs) So... 
The team regroups in the Winnebago, and Andy sets everything up, including three static cameras, an EMF detector on the girls' bed. So they begin the investigation. They start by quietly sitting together in the living room in the dark, which I love as a vibe for an investigation. Like, let's just get quiet and sit in the dark. The girls mention that their feet have gone really cold. And Andy says, I, I've actually got the same thing and, and I've got boots on. So they're all just like, their feet are feeling cold. Okay. And then Vicky feels as though the dark room, which her eyes have pretty much adjusted to, had suddenly gone blacker and she could no longer make out outlines of things. Ugh. And this like really stresses her out. I, I me too. I'm not even there. Yeah, it's it's a scary thing. Although in the darkness, wow, your mind can just like push around images like charcoal to make something happen. But but I but also, and the way that I will refute this is that I in dark corners and spaces, I'm I'm very afraid of the dark. And I will always stare right into it and just be like, "Oh my god, something's going to come and kill me." Mm-hmm. And I'm like so primed to make mountains out of molehills. But every time I do look in dark corners and dark bathrooms in the night, nothing. I never see anything move or shift or anything, you know, like it's always just like dark. <laughs> and 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 it just like stays. Everything pretty much stays in the shapes they're in. But and if I do see a scary shape, uh, if I like turn a light on or go see what it is, there's like an explanation. I never see anything like shift and change. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. So that's my way of like explaining a little bit of this like very easily explained away. Like, oh, their eyes are playing tricks on them because you know it's dark. Yeah. I'm saying like yes and no. So. They're sitting quietly, feet are cold. Vicky feels like her eye adjustment to the room has suddenly been turned off, (laughs) which is very scary. Then they all hear a sound and Andy goes, do do you guys have a cat flap? (laughs) And they're like, no. (laughs) So I can only assume that the sound sounds like a cat flap being walked through. Like a doggy door? A cat flap in. It's quite different. No, no, like no, a yeah. lift and a flat and a cat flap. A <laughs> yeah. lorry, whatever. Yeah. A cat flap is a small apparatus that the cat enters, and upon pressing a button and a lever, they can fly about the room. Hence, <laughs> cat flap. And they also say that it can't be their letterbox because it's too stiff to move. You know, feels like a problem. You should oil it up. No, that's also paranormal. So Mia and Keely then go up to Teresa's bedroom, the mom, to investigate together. And Vicky and Andy retreat to the Winnebago. Okay. Yeah, so Mia and Keely are together. And Keely is freaking out, but in sort of like an under control way. <laughs> because she says that she feels like she can see dark shapes moving in the dark. So they're they're sitting on, on her mom's bed. Okay. And she says that she can see dark shapes moving in the darkness past the doorway. And she and Mia also noticed that there were some strange lights over the doorway in the room, like little pricks of light. Mm -hmm. Like facing into the house. 
Like if you're in the room looking out to the house? If you were if you were sitting on a bed facing the doorway, an open door leading okay. to the bedroom, it would and the door is opening it's all dark, opening onto a dark landing and a dark, dark house and a dark, dark woods in the dark, dark night. Okay. Um it's like you're facing that doorway and they're seeing little pinpricks of light around the doorway. Mm. So literally like six feet in front of them. Wow. So they are continuing in this. Keely is like freaking out, but in a controlled way. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're noticing these weird lights. And in the Winnebago, Chris and Teresa are also noticing these pinprick lights on the monitor as they watch them. So explain that, Chris French, skeptic. <laughs> the answer is very simple. And it goes on. <laughs> it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I notice this when I'm doing improv sometimes. I'll like start talking as a character that I feel like everyone should get the gist of. And my brain will just like dot, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And, <laughs> and it, it like won't give me any more words to say because I'll just be like, you get it. <laughs> you can fill in like, the rest. Exactly. It's like, Your no, turn to you, improvise. What you I'm decided saying. to keep talking. You've got to <laughs> say something. <laughs> so <laughs> they regroup. Guess where? The Winnebago. The Winnebago. Yeah. And <laughs> they decide to, to send the two girls alone into their bedroom. So they're going to film themselves like they're doing a fear factor challenge. So they're sitting on their bed, sitting next to each other with their camcorders. And straight away, Vicky goes, oh, f- f- I'm not going to swear, <laughs> but I just saw light go past. Then she goes that she starts feeling really queasy. And Vicky goes, and this is a great exchange. I'll be playing both Vicky and Keely. They will alternate. <laughs> Vicky starts. I can't do it. I can't sit in this room. Can't ya? No. Get us out, get us out, get us out, get us out. So they say that into the, <laughs> Keely says that into her camera, which is connected to a monitor in the Winnebago. So then Mia's like, move. So she like jumps out of the Winnebago and runs in. Reaching. Exactly. Uh, so Mia joins them and asks them what's up. I loved the, I can't sit in this room. Can't ya? No. <laughs> it's just great. So Mia joins them, asks them what's up. The girls say they feel really ill and strange. Okay. And Mia moves and sits between them and puts her arm around Vicky. And she's like, what's going on, love? Would this make you feel better? I'm going to come sit between you. So... Vicky says that she just feels really weird. Her head feels hot and her body feels cold, which sounds just like a standard run-of-the-mill panic attack to me. You're the skeptic. (laughs) Katie Wiggins, mentally ill skeptic. (laughs) We're all a little mentally ill. It's about degrees. You know, I'm very mentally ill, but everyone could be a little mentally ill. Anybody can do this. Exactly. Um, but I have to remind myself, not everyone experiences panic attacks and shit or very high anxiety or has in their life. So it might be a very unusual and scary experience. So Mia is like, I think you've done really well. I think it's time to go back to the Winnebago. Thank you've had enough. So they head back and they chat with their mom, Andy and Chris, who have just been sitting together in the Winnebago and probably the most astonishing awkwardness. <laughs> 
It's literally their mom, Chris French, this like musty professor of psychology, and this guy who's a paranormal investigator in like a sweater, and they're all just sitting there watching her daughters be terrified. (laughs) Sounds like a normal day for a psychology professor. (laughs) Actually, you're probably right. So, so Vicky explains that she started to panic because after her eyes had adjusted to the light in the room, she started seeing a haze in the room like a fog. Okay. And she also saw the lights that they were talking about, like the little pinpricks of light. So that's the end of like their live-in investigation. And it's now time for Chris French to take his turn to sit in the house alone. <laughs> so at the, at the end of every investigation, they just take Chris and they're like, go in and sit alone. And... <laughs> okay. Well, he's a skeptic, so they're like, shouldn't bother your ass. <laughs> it's just such a funny thing that at the end they're like, uh, you, I don't know, just go sit in the house, guy. Like, you're not as fun. <laughs> so Chris walks in and he has like a very pompous attitude when he does these sits. He sits in the bedroom alone and it's very creepy. I would not want this man sitting on my bed and laying his head on my pillow. That feels so disgusting. I would put like, no, sorry. It's- You'd, like, spray it with the, like, water-phobic, like, water-wicking material so he just slides off the bed. So, um, so Chris is just, like, laying on their bed, which sucks. And (laughs) and he's just like, come out. Hello, anyone there? Do something to me. So he feels nothing because he doesn't believe in ghosts. Sure. (laughs) And he goes to Teresa's room, lays down on the bed. And he basically only sits for, like, barely a minute after after he asks for something to happen and then, like, basically immediately leaves. And he's like, would love to see a light show. Come on, you show them. And I'm like, ghosts do not respond to that tone, sir. <laughs> I'm off the clock. So the next, so he leaves and it's like, okay, what was the point of that? So then the next morning, Andy says that the physical sensations that they were picking up were interesting and unusual given that he's done tons of investigations before and uh, his little feet do not often get cold (laughs) and, you know, stuff like that. Okay. But his equipment didn't catch anything interesting this time, Mm. which I respect that he is open about that because I feel like it lends credibility to the show. Sure. Because very often, apparently, in ghost investigations, absolutely nothing happens. (laughs) Uh, that that would track based on the, you know, that there are still so many skeptics that I feel like uh, if the majority of people walked into house were like, do something. And immediately it was like, you'd be like, okay, ghosts, I'm out of <laughs> yeah, here. Exactly. Uh, so our host comes back to say, phantoms and haunted castles can be exciting. But what would you do if you were living with a ghost? Tonight, Mia says she will rid the Colville house of its infestation. Okay. So the next night, Mia is going to send the spirit over with a clearing ritual. She always does it the same way. They're in the living room. Mia gets like tons of candles lit around. So the atmosphere is very moody. I don't know where they source their candles. Probably the most expensive part of the show. And uh, so it just like really changes the atmosphere really quickly. And Mia instructs them not to leave the table when she's and she's going to be doing a psychic journey through the house to find the spirit and move them on. 
So she mentally, so she's, she's sitting at the head of the table with the two girls and the mom. And she mentally sort of goes into a trance and she narrates what she's doing. And she says, I'm journeying into the kitchen. Nothing. I'm going up the stairs. I see lights on the landing. There's a lot of lights. It's like a light doorway. So Keely starts feeling really weird and she's immediately like, need to get out, feeling really weird. So Andy like quickly escorts her out and uh, her mother replaces her. All the while, Mia is has not broken her trance-like state and she's just still sitting and staring. Okay. And Mia sees a young woman surrounded by lights coming down the stairs and then she joins them and sits with them at the table. Oh my, uh, girl, the ghost girl? Oh yes. My, okay, all right. I know, I would fucking love this so much. <sighs> yeah, that'd be good. I don't so, think good is a, it's not Elijah that's showing up for <laughs> for the Seder. It's a ghost girl. I like that, though. I think that would be very cool. I would be like, I am piercing the veil to the beyond. And like my hair would start blowing behind me really intense. Like, I don't know, something I just think it would feel really great for me. <laughs> um, she's sitting at the table with them, and she was going to sit in the chair next to Vicky, but Mia told her to sit further so that she doesn't upset her. Okay. And this woman is wearing all brown, and she has a shawl, and she looks Victorian, and her name is Alice. Okay. Mia says that in in her trance, she's like interpreting information, and she says there used to be cheap housing here for the poor. People didn't have water. This woman is pockmarked by disease. She's not well. She used to live here. And she had a young sister. And Mia asks her about running water. And then Mia basically relays. She says she thinks it's amazing that you all have water in your taps. Because they never had it. So as this is happening, Keely returns and sits next to her sister to get back in on the action. Okay. And now that there's a little girl here, gotta get back in. So it's more like a young woman. Uh, So Mia says, the spirit doesn't want anything from you. She's just fascinated by all all your bits, fascinated by all the stuff. She thinks that means you're very, very rich. She didn't have a proper burial. She was buried in a a big pit. (laughs) And the, the reason she's in your bedroom a lot is because she likes when you when you girls talk about boys. And she likes their mum. She likes your mum. Because she lost her mum. She's, she's very clearly saying Sarah Lester. Sarah Lester must be her name. And Alice must be her sister. Then she says. She goes. One of you's done done amazing paintings. They're under the bed. And the girls are looking at each other like. Oh my god. <laughs> and Mia says she she says you should be more proud of them which wow if a Victorian ghost could come through the witch wave and just be like hey believe in yourself <laughs> <laughs> I would love that that you're hiding under your bed you're great at it oh my god uh, I need like 20 ghosts per day to come and like reassure me and that is not sustainable oh my gosh gonna have to come in shifts (laughs) i wish they would there's a sign-up sheet outside 
Make sure exactly. you get a name in your slot. Everybody needs to sign up for a slot. I don't <laughs> care if you did it yesterday. This is 24 hours. Someone needs to come and invalidate this little bitch. She is right. struggling. So Mia Trant says, you should be more proud of these pictures. And then Vicky whispers. She's like, I have pictures under my bed. Which, of course, they didn't bring out or talk about or see during the walkthroughs at any point. Right. So Mia says that the woman came looking for family. She came looking for her sister. And when she died, it felt wrong. So she came back. And Mia says she didn't find her sister. Her sister must have gone over. Mm-hmm. So she just stayed because she liked their family and they seemed very rich, but she couldn't find hers. So then Mia says, a door's appeared. I see an older lady stepping through. This must be her mother. And she's pulling her back over with her. So it's really beautiful. Apparently, a door to the other side opens. This girl's mother walks through and takes her through to the other side. And Mia ends the vigil, as she always does, with a Latin prayer, uh, basically asking for a blessing on these spirits. <sighs> so it's a lot emotionally that this poor young woman was just lost looking for her family and basically was just like, oh my God, what's this hair straighten it, making it explode like three <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> they must be rich. They keep replacing all the hair straighteners. I'm exploding. Exactly. An electric kettle. <laughs> just every single time. Um, a cat flap. Yeah. <laughs> a cat flap. <laughs> What's this? A doorknob. Good show. Okay. So, um, in five weeks, the cameras will return to see how they fare. Okay. So Vicky has gone off to university. Congratulations. Teresa and Keely feel like the house is new. And they also, they have a little sister named Alice, which is the same name as the little sister of the spirit who was supposedly there. Like, that's pretty cool. Uh, Teresa and Keely feel like the house is new. They say it feels free and clean and empty. Teresa said she hasn't heard any noises since, not smelled any weird smells like they had before. And Keeley's hair straighteners have not blown up, and there have been no strange noises. And Keeley is actually able to sleep alone in her room. Have we considered that Vicky had bad vibes? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at a dorm room at university, terrible things start happening. <laughs> Vicky is going to get her own episode of A Ghost Ruined My Life. <laughs> And meanwhile, everyone's like, oh, the, the family's house is so light and fresh. And Vicky's in a dorm just, like, melting in a mirror. <laughs> exactly. Just, like, throwing books at, like, a dark entity coming towards her. <laughs> oh, her dorm mates hate her. She's so, haunted. And, it, it, and the announcer ends with... This is so deranged. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perhaps tonight's evidence means that someone in your neighborhood could have unwelcome visitors. If you haven't lived in a haunted home yet, maybe one night you will. Sleep well. 
that a threat? <laughs> They're like, suddenly it would be a shame if somebody in your house met an unfortunate end. And you're like, what did you say, Mia? It's this... Me? It's not... This is the presenter guy, right? Like, the guy with spiky hair who never talks or interacts with any of these characters. <laughs> the guy who has the best job. Exactly. Um... But I don't know what... What he's basically saying is... If your house isn't haunted, maybe one day it will be. And one of your neighbors probably certainly is. Sleep well. Lester, sure, sure. Lester, sure.